Jesus Christ, I thank you that you are the Lamb of God that took away the sins of the world. We meet in your name today by the Holy Spirit. Speak to us. Refresh our hearts, Lord. Restore to us the joy of our salvation. Lord God, increase it. I thank you there is limitless joy in you. You satisfy our souls. Nothing else comes close to you. And so be lifted up in our midst this day. Spirit of understanding, speak to us. Open the word to us. Bless this time of the word and bless our fellowship. And bless every person here and those online. Fill us with your spirit afresh. Holy God, thank you. Your grace abounds to us this day. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, David spoke an exceptional message, a standout message, one in which if you haven't heard, you need to go and listen to that message. You can find it on the podcast and the website or YouTube. It's labelled, Not All Israel is Israel. And that helps you really understand how to pray for the country of Israel and Palestine and it gives you a good basis of the different types of Israel in the Word. Because uh, there's a few. Seven, six, plus the country. But anyways, watch that message. And a special welcome to, there is a young man in Switzerland that every week gets up at 2 a.m. to watch our service. His name's Rias. So Rias, if you're watching, bless you, mate. And um, let's give him a clap. Encouraging. All right, so when you get into a hobby, you acquire a lot of things. And uh, one of my hobbies is mountain bike riding. And there's a few guys here getting into it, so I thought I'd bring some things in to show. So you need a helmet, right? A decent helmet. This one keeps my face pretty if things go wrong or not pretty. And uh, what else do we need here? We need pads. This is an extreme sport. Got, I wear elbow pads. Maybe that's lame. I don't know. <laughs> I wear knee pads and shin pads because uh, when I started, I didn't. And I have a scar to tell the story. And I don't want any more scars. And you want to make sure the pads are thick because some of them you can buy that are really light and airy, but when you hit a rock, the rock just goes straight through. So thick pads, gloves, give you grip. They help you not get sweaty and you can hold your brakes. And then if you do fall off, your hands are gonna be okay. So you're gonna get gloves, um, goggles. I actually wear full face and goggles, right? So I'm completely, you won't know who I am. <laughs> but I have face planted riding uphill slowly on a rock. And these goggles meant that my nose wasn't broken. It was just grazed. So anyways, them. Uh, what else? A light. If you want to ride at night, uh, shock pump. Mountain bikes these days have front and back shocks. And you need to be able to change your pressure. Otherwise, the shock will bounce you off your bike. And then tire pressures. You need a pump and you need a gauge to know how much air is in there. You need something to put your bike on the back of your car, which I don't have. 
And uh, you can also get things like heart rate meters, so I know how fast my heart is rating at different points on the trail. Oh yeah, and um, if you've got a bike on the back of your car, you need a number plate. And as I found out, I'm not authorized to create my own number plates. <laughs> and so we were driving back from Brisbane, being a good holiday, bikes on the back. You know on the highway you see the police come up behind you and it starts getting closer and closer and closer and you're like, oh, is it me? And the sirens go on, there's still this element of like, I'll pull over and they'll overtake me and whatever. But this day, no, they pulled me over. They were interested in my number plate. And um, the officer came to my window and as he came to my window, the car that he turned up in sped off and took off. So then it's just him and us. So I don't know what his plan was. But no, he questioned me about my homemade number plate, which is uh, pretty much to spec of if you bought one online. I didn't have time to buy one online, so I thought I'll make a really good one. And I got a friend who's a sign guy, so it's, it's good, but no, it wasn't good. And he, he said, not only am I in trouble for making a number plate, I'm in trouble for using a number plate that I made. And this was news to me. Because I'm thinking, growing up, how many cardboard number plates do you see on the back of cars? All the time. Maybe I should have just done cardboard and they just would have ignored me. <laughs> Anyways, he gave me a warning. And I had to go and take it off the back of the car and, you know, get the proper one when I got back to town. But then he was stuck. So we said, do you need a lift? And he's like, yes. So we moved some stuff around in the car and he got in the car with us and we drove him to the next town or it might have been Rocky, I can't remember, it might have been on the side of the road. And then weeks later, I'd actually left the bike carrier on the back of the car, no bike. So depending what angle, yes, the number plate is obstructed slightly, but arguably not very much. But Sally was driving and she got pulled over by the same cop. <laughs> he had forgotten. And so he said, you know, today you're in trouble because, you know, your bike carrier is obstructing your number plate. And she's like, what? Like, not really aware that I'd left it on there. And it was a problem. And um, gave her a ticket. And she said, didn't we give you a lift the other week? And he's like, oh, yeah. But it was too late. He, wrote, he finished the ticket. I think once they start, they can't stop or something. But he wasn't in the mood for warnings, and we'd done the wrong thing. And that's the law. You know, like, you break the law. There's a man in that case who had the power to decide, and he chose the ticket. And sometimes, I don't know if you've been in a similar situation where you're begging for mercy from a policeman or from someone else, or sometimes we're actually the one who has the power, and we can choose how to act. Will we RSVP on time or leave it? Or leave a message unread just to let that person squirm a little bit? No, 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 not us. But there are times in life where there's someone in power and they have 
the choice to make on our case. Since becoming a dad, I've realised the power I have in what I speak over my kids. And there are challenging times when you want to say, what's with you? Or why are you doing that? Or, you know, you lose your patience and I'm getting better. But I've learned that you've got this power and you need to be speaking things like, you can get there, you can do it, you're going to learn. Point them towards the positive thing. One day we go to the riverbank and Ross is on the scooter and he just absolute takes off, loves the hills. But we had finished and I'm putting everything in the car and I look up and he's gone. He's just taken off again. And so I did what maybe someone else can relate, relate to, is when I found him I said, mate, come back to the car. And he took off. So I said, okay, I'm going. Anyways, later that day, I received a call from his mother of an upset boy who said dad was going to leave him at the riverbank. (laughs) Now, you know I never intended him to leave him there. But in these moments like that, you just realize what what are my words doing? What, What am I have the power to say things that will affect him. And so just like the police officer might had the power to give me a fine, um, we're going to look at the scriptures today and, and see how see how the Lord had the power over us and yet chose to treat us a certain way. Romans 12. Did you do your homework, by the way? Yeah? Reading Romans 9, 10, 11, David encouraged us. Well, finishing off at 11, at the beginning of 12, that's where we are today. Romans 12, 1, very familiar to us all. We looked at it a couple of weeks back as well. It's up there. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Another translation you might be more familiar with, it says, in view of God's mercy. Or have a listen to this one. This is the Passion Translation, and it just helps shake up something that we may have heard time and time again and puts it with different words. Beloved friends, what should our proper response to God's marvellous mercies to surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness experiencing all that delights his heart for this becomes your genuine expression of worship in view of his mercy looking at his mercy knowing his mercy in response to his mercy, mercy, present yourself back to him as a sacrifice. This is worship. Not a genre of music, not the segment at church, not to take away from what we just did. 
We need to do that together. But worship is your life lived back to him. And the writer is encouraging us that in looking at his mercy to us, live. His mercy. Growing up in the Salvation Army, there was a piece of furniture at the front of the church called the mercy seat. Some of you would know what this is. It's a low bench, low table, just high enough to put your elbows on if you were kneeling. And in times of ministry, people would be invited to do business with God, come and kneel at the mercy seat. We just kneel at the front, but it was the mercy seat, but it wasn't a seat. And you would remember that when Moses was given the instructions to build the tabernacle and the ark where God would dwell in their midst. Now, this is all symbolic. Remember, it's pointing ahead to the future. It's not where we're meant to stay. It was all temporary. It would help build our faith to see what would be. It was an illustration. But from the start... It was the intention of God to show us his mercy. Because you see, in Exodus 25, when he's instructed how to build the ark, do you know what the lid of the ark was called? The mercy seat. And it had two angels on top facing each other, their wings spread out. And on the Day of Atonement, once a year, the high priest would enter into this holy place and offer sacrifices for his sin and the sins of the people. And he would sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat. And now we connect the dots. That that made atonement, but it never made the full atonement because it was pointing to Jesus. The mercy seat represented in the tabernacle where God's presence was and where he would communicate with Moses. But what's Jesus' name? What's one of his names? Emmanuel, God with us. It was always pointing to Jesus. It was always, he built that so he could reveal to us what Jesus would be and what Jesus would do and show us that he himself, God, is merciful from the start. Let's have a look at Hebrews, Hebrews 2, 16 and 18. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. David mentioned this last week. Those who put their faith in Christ are the children of the promise or Abraham's children, who would be the righteous by faith. Anyways, going on, 17. Therefore... He, Jesus, had to be made like his brothers, us, in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation. Big word. means atonement for the sins of the people. And for because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Jesus 
made like us in human form in every respect, a man, a person, a person who is tempted, he knows what it's like. And as the real high priest, you know, the, the high priest we read about in Exodus and Leviticus and that's only the temporary one pointing to him as the real one. He would be a real high priest who really feels our need and knows our need. And his death satisfied the wrath of God, which was the wages of our life. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And you see, for someone to be able to show us mercy, they have to be in the position where they can actually punish us for our wrongdoing. So it's a choice that he makes. Remember what Christ was saying in communion. It's a choice that he makes to go beyond what we deserve and not give us what we deserve, but he shows us mercy. And it's amazing that the father is just pointing to his son and to himself that he always intended to show his people mercy through Jesus and that the giving of his life would appease his own wrath. We all know John 3.16. Let's say it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Did you know that word gave, the root word is not gave like a gift. That word means offering. And you know what happens to an offering? It dies. And so we see here that the Father gave as an offering Jesus. And Jesus, the high priest who knows our need, offered himself for the atonement of our sin. And that atonement is mercy to us. That's what mercy means, atonement. It's not just the forgiveness for wrongdoing. It goes bigger and beyond what forgiveness is. God's offering out of his love for you was his son. And mercy is not just something that God offers us. Mercy is Jesus Christ. Because that ark was always pointing towards who Jesus was and what he would do. Jesus is mercy. So praise God that showing us that God is merciful and Jesus being made as a man and experiencing all that we experience knows exactly what we're going through and he is the only one that can help you with whatever you're going through. He's the only one because he has been tempted in every way that we have been. So what, 
he's trying to get at today for us is to see that he's been merciful from the start. Psalm 103, from 6 to 14, I'll just read these words. You know the start, bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all his benefits, he saves and he heals. And going on from verse verse 6, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. He made known... The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. And as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. It's amazing that David, the psalmist, knew of the Lord's mercy and is pointing at the same thing, that we are but dust, except for him. In view of his mercy, in view of his mercy, show mercy. Some of us have been wronged or disappointed, let down, lied to or betrayed. Whatever it is, there might be something that comes to mind, fill in the gap for you. But the challenge is that mercy lets that thing go completely because you might feel like you have a right to respond to someone a certain way But the Lord, having given you mercy, just like he says he forgives us, but he does expect that we would forgive others in the same way, he wants us to show mercy to others. That means for someone here, you've got to let it go. Doesn't matter how right you feel. James 2, 13, it says, For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy goes beyond forgiveness. I think it goes beyond too because it's not just people you know, but it's a mercy that when you see someone who's not living the way they should live, maybe they don't know the Lord yet, Mercy reaches out to them. Mercy looks beyond their life and sees them for who the Lord sees them as. You remember Jesus' words when he said to the Pharisees who were rebuking his disciples because they ate some wheat on the Sabbath. He says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. 
if you knew who was here with you, someone greater than the temple. Those statements are amazing. He said he was greater than Jonah, greater than Solomon, Jesus. And just like they got stuck looking at what they were meant to do, the works, they missed the faith aspect of seeing that he was always about mercy. And so the cross for us is mercy to us, but it points us towards when we carry our cross each day that we show mercy to our brothers in the same way we've received it. I desire mercy. So today, if you've been wronged, would you let it go and show mercy? It's interesting that when, in John's Gospel, when Mary went to the tomb, there was two angels, one at the head, one at the foot. Jesus wasn't there. And remember, there was two angels on the ark, another little sign pointing to Jesus. And she turned around, then she saw him and spoke to him. And then over those next few chapters and in Luke's account and the others, You can see Jesus frustrated with his disciples again, saying, how slow of heart are you to believe? And he spoke to them, revealing who he was through the law and through the prophets. And so I think part part of the challenge for us today, the second challenge is when we come to the scriptures, asking him to open our mind to understand and to see him from cover to cover. For they still miss some stuff. And yet he said in that moment, he, he said he opened their mind to understand the scriptures. And so there is so much all through this book. It's Christ. And we, he wants to encourage us again that as we go to him, we seek understanding, but we seek to see him. And the other part of Romans 12 is be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it's not just the renewing of your mind that you become more like him or that you change, the bad stuff changes in you. It's a renewing of your mind that you see him. Because the more that you see him, the more you become like him. And so it's a renewing on his account It's not just for what it does in us, but it helps us see him. So when you go to your scriptures, would you seek the Lord that he would grant you understanding and open your mind to see him? We're only really scratching the surface of mercy, but... If you're here and you're still, not still, caught, stuck in sin, you need mercy. And it comes from one person, Jesus Christ. If you're struggling in the bondage of sin, the only person who can help you is he. 
And if you're here and you're in sin and you feel completely humiliated, he wants to say to you that that humiliation is not yours because he humiliated the devil, triumphed over him. But the enemy tries to single us out and make us think that we're the only one. And But there's too much power in his gospel, in his blood for any one of you to be stuck in any bondage. And so part of this mercy today is not just those that need to give it to people. There might be someone here that needs to receive it. And you need to go to him and forget the lie. Throw off every weight and shackle that says that hides from him or ignores him or he knows exactly what you're going through. He's the only one that truly understands. He's the only one that can really offer forgiveness for he knows how. He knows your frame. He knows our heart. He knows our weakness. And yet he's the only one that can give you the power to overcome it forever. There is not one bondage that you have to stay bound to at all. And someone needs to hear that. That the atonement he made and the mercy he offers is for you. And you can be free. wonder if the worship team could come back and they're going to minister to us a song. And then after that, I'll come and pray and we'll close the meeting. But as they play, if you're, if you're sitting here and you know that you need to seek the Lord's mercy afresh on you to set you free from something, then I just encourage you to come forward and stand as they sing. Someone will pray with you. After we sing, pray some prayers together and seek the Lord together. But there is not one bondage. There is not one sin too great. And he doesn't intend for his people to struggle. Your lot is victory. Your lot is wholeness. The blood of Jesus makes atonement, satisfies the wrath of God. And it's not just that that wrath is turned, but then you can know the tender mercies of our God that have been there from the start. That God our Father 
gave his son for you. Just like when Abraham went to offer up Isaac and caught up in the bushes was the actual offering. And, on the, and he said, on the mountain of the Lord, there'll be provision. God the Father did that for you. To teach you that he is a merciful father. To teach you that he is the one who has compassion. He saw it before you ever sinned a sin. He showed you his mercy. As we sing, if you feel the need to respond, would you? Would you come forward and seek the Lord? There's still time if you want to respond. And it's an awesome relief to know there is no sin too great that He can't forgive or cleanse or wash. And the Lord is setting people free now. Thank you, Lord. His presence is here. Would you turn your heart? The mercies of our God is a relief because it doesn't matter about you. Come to Jesus. I wonder if you would pray with me and still come forward if you feel. And soon we'll have some people pray for you, but wherever you are in your seats, would you take a moment now to consider your own heart? Is there someone you need to reach out and give mercy to? Jesus, we bring our hearts to you. We surrender them to you. Forgive us this day our sins. Forgive us for when we try to do it in our own strength. Or, Lord, we turn our eyes to you and I ask you would help us to show the mercy you would empower us with your power to show mercy to others. I ask on behalf of us all that you would open up our mind to understand the scriptures concerning you, to see you, to be moved by you. Your word is you. And it's so full of life. Help us to see you, Lord. Thank you for opening our minds to understand. Thank you for forgiving us where we have not shown mercy. We repent. We want to let go. We want to release. And I thank you for the life-giving power of the blood of Jesus to set someone free, to set the captive free. And just as it was your intention... 
God's intention all along to show us mercy through Jesus is your intention that we would be free. And he who the Son sets free is free indeed. So thank you, Lord, as people respond to you today, they are free. No longer a yoke, a slave to bondage. We rebuke you, Satan. We rebuke every deception, every unbelief, every evil and unclean spirit. Go in Jesus' name. And I thank you for the flood of your mercy to touch hearts and to set free from bondage, to set free from the deceitfulness and the hardness of sin. Thank you, Lord. Lift it off. Every bondage broken, every evil spirit, every unclean spirit, every generational curse, every bondage, go. Flood our hearts, Lord. I encourage you, if you're sitting there in your seat, burning in your heart, respond to him today. Surrender yourself upon him that he might have his way with you. We're going to sing.